Hello, um, dear listener. If you're hearing this, uh, this is the final episode of season one. Um, we are having, we've been, if you heard the last episode and with the look, little uh, description, you saw that we, we had some technical difficulties. Um, we are also experiencing some technical difficulties, um, some similar spooky uh, out of syncness. Um, it's taken all all my brain power to figure out how best to fix it. Um, we may be uh, finding a new way of recording for season two, um, but we again didn't want to have um, our wonderful conversation uh, scrapped with our with our uh, our lovely guests here for episode number thirteen. Um, so sit back, enjoy. Thank you for your patience um, and for understanding. Um, have a happy Halloween. Stay spooky, stay warm, stay inside, stay safe. On to the podcast. We are the E to the page, Japan land the punch. On a mana peel, boom pal, we got the stuff. We know they got story, been new, they got hot complex narratives and black carries. Tell me where they see us. Where I see us, where, where I see us, they wanna be us. But tell me where they read us, now they wanna be us. At the damn cage, like a nigga from Georgia, insane and after brain and lacking in origin. At the flashbacks and shots to the system, downloading new issues and sitting in for a listen. Where I see us, where, where I see us, they wanna be us. But tell me where they read us, now they wanna be us. They wanna be us. They, they, they wanna hey. be us. Where I see us. Where, hey, man. Where, where I see us. Where I see where us. Where all the black people where at, man. Where I see us. Where I see Hello? Hello. Hi, Jamie. Hi. <laughs> Everybody's here. Yep. Yeah. Who's eating? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What are you eating? <laughs> Just ice. Just no. fish in my drink. Oh. <laughs> no, that, that, that makes it sound like entirely, it, it's just water and lemon, y'all. It's like, put lots of ice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cocktail without the cocktail. Oh. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. Okay. <laughs> How about you? Man, I, I'm I'm okay. I guess. Oh. <laughs> See, what you said doesn't sound like how you said it. I know, I know. There's so much stuff to do this week. I'm like, why? Yeah. And so you know, it there's that, but it's okay. The week's almost over. <laughs> Well, when this airs, it'll be Monday. So the week will just be beginning. So <laughs> for those of you who are listening. <laughs> hope, hope you had a good weekend. Uh, yeah. I have to admit the last couple of months, uh, I, I think I've had this new relationship in terms of like things being due. Mm. Because certainly when things are due to me, nobody seems to give a shit. Mm. You know? <laughs> What? So maybe, so maybe the things that are due to them ain't that due. You know, you know, you know, you 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 might be on to something because I do have students telling me mm-hmm. when their assignments are due. Yep. <laughs> there you go. 
Ain't it funny how that happened? I mean, the, it's like the auda- like audacity. That is the word of the year. Don't email me and they'll be like, I just want to let you know my assignment's going to be turned in on Thursday. It's Monday. No. <laughs> No, I don't. Just, yes, I don't even respond. I'm just like, whatever. Just turn it in. <laughs> just turn it in, right? <laughs> oh my god, I don't know how y'all do that. <laughs> oh, oh, you you, you ain't joined that club yet? You're gonna find out. I don't know. I was telling out. Jamie. I was like, mm, I don't think I'm ready for this life. She's having second thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's nobody's ready for this life, you know. It's like it's like any of anything that you can be dubbed like the life. You just fall into it, and then you just handle your shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome everybody back to hey, hey. where I see me, the podcast where we look at comics and media with lots of questions in mind, mainly. Where the hell are all the black and brown people? And so I'm Jamie. And I'm Marcellus. And today on the podcast, we have two of our favorite guests back to join us, Sebastian and Irene. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having yes. me, us. <laughs> <I'm gonna> just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was debating saying the exact same phrase. I'm like, should I speak for us? <laughs> I mean, look, it was kind of unanimous, I think, between me and Marcellus to invite you both back for our, what is our now our finale episode. This is the end of the season. Podcast two, Electric Boogaloo, little. Uh, is this a climactic? This <laughs> <laughs> is the the uh, the final frontier. Well, congratulations on a beautiful season. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I mean, we just kind of we've been pretty consistent. I'm I'm a little yes. surprised <laughs> for a pandemic. <laughs> Productivity. <laughs> in, in this time, I know. <laughs> like how? How? How did we? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, this is an accomplishment in the best of times. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, but thank you both for being here again. And so, like we said, this is our finale episode. We're this is airing on Halloween week. So. Spooky season. season. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys did do you guys have any Halloween memories? I mean, is that something people have Halloween memories? I'm from Haiti. I was just about to say. I was like, do they even do Halloween (laughs) like that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh well. I was like, is he knowing or am I knowing? I just liked the holiday because I wasn't really allowed to have candy as a kid. That was like the only day. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the only day like I would eat like a lot of candy. I mean, that's it. Just to make up for all the other days. Oh, yeah. Because we just ate whatever my dad like grew in the garden. So like it wasn't really a lot of processed <laughs> sugar in our house. Can't grow candy. Oh, man. Can't grow yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I mean, I'll chew on sugarcane, but that's like different. <laughs> <laughs> when you moved out, did you just like I'd go back like, sort a, of have, like a, a sort of like candy orgy or I mean I ate really bad when I, I moved out when I was like 18 and mm-hmm. I worked at Starbucks and so uh-huh. oh. I know I ate a lot it was listen it was bad yeah. it was bad yeah so yeah, yeah. I had that moment it, it happens <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Halloween's the only um hot I really, uh, up until I would say maybe three years ago, I really always forgot when Christmas was. Um, <laughs> but but I always remembered Halloween. I never missed out on Halloween. Christmas uh, is actually my least favorite holiday. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's everybody's least favorite holiday. I don't like um, the idea of a white man sneaking in my house. See, and I didn't grow up with that. I always thought it was a black Santa Claus. <laughs> See, well, I wish. Well, I wish. if you're ever in Holland, that white man has a black slave. Oh, so oh yeah. Oh, no. See? You don't have to tell me. I know. Was it Black Pete? Black Pete or somebody? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's Black it's, Pete. Yeah, it's Black Pete. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. Which I think, like, there was someone saying, like, Black Pete is supposed to be from, like, Spain. Which I'm like, what are you... What? No, they, they have a lot of excuses yes. for black people, yeah. but n- none of them stand up to scrutiny. No. <laughs> none. You know. <laughs> I um I didn't do trick or treating as a kid. We only I've only been oh, one. Yeah? Really? Yeah, where I live, we're, we people don't do that in, in, like that where I was living. Like I live in northeast Houston, like in a working class neighborhood. People go in their house and close the door. Mm. They water their yards. And maybe sit on the floor. <laughs> People do not like. There's no sidewalks. First of all, mm. um, <laughs> like you, someone be to hit some little kid and they'll fall in a ditch somewhere. Like that's not, you know, there just never really was a thing. And so, like, um, I had an aunt who moved into uh, this neighborhood off Highway Six. And mm-hmm. So over there, I was like, oh, it was a thing. So we went once, but we went, I guess, kind of late because everybody was gone. So that's the first mm-hmm. and last time I went trick or treating. Like, you didn't really. Miss, I don't feel like I missed out on anything. At all. That you know th- that makes sense because even today, like in our neighborhood, that that's like black and brown. You know, there's no trick or treaters, and we don't take our daughter out. We take her to her to our in- my in laws' mm-hmm. neighborhood, which is like very heavily trafficked. Mm. Uh, for Halloween, not this year, obviously. Right. Uh, I hope. No, <laughs> you know what? You just they just might be out there. Who knows? No, mm-hmm. oh no. <laughs> I'm, I feel like some people are gonna be out there. No, <laughs> I'm gonna turn my lights off. <laughs> I feel like, um. The only reason I was ever really privy to uh, being able to trick or treat when I was uh, when I was what but a wee lad mm-hmm. um, was just because I grew up on a lot of military bases, yeah, uh-huh. uh, and so there was never like a question really of safety necessarily and uh, an ex- an excuse to not um, be like kicking rocks in the sand in the middle of the desert. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would be like, of course, yeah, no, let's just go outside. 
and uh, and look at each other and acknowledge <laughs> one another. <laughs> you know, community. It never really worked, but we we were present. Our bodies did travel from house to house. Uh-huh. Um, and I did not. I didn't really. I didn't like candy though. Growing up, what um, <gasps> y'all are just? I would. I would ask Sebastian. He also doesn't like doors. cake either. What? Oh, okay. I'm leaving right what? now. I like cupcakes. <laughs> I just think cakes are too big. I think a cupcake is the perfect size. Uh, no, but but people don't know how to cook cupcakes. They're you know always being dry and stuff. Dry yes. or gummy. Yeah. See, I don't always notice because my preferred consumption method of a cupcake is one bite. Oh. <laughs> one bite? One bite. It, I, I, You know, I appreciate it in the moment. Uh, You know, one bite, a glass of milk. No. Uh, I think you're a French <laughs> actress. In the life, you know? Milk. <laughs> Just one bite? And I could eat a I whole mean, cake. I... Like... <laughs> See, that's why I don't like the cake challenges me. I can't bite that in one. I can't consume it in one bite. Oh, man. Hmm. <laughs> Listen, I understand the judgments. I understand Where do you judgment. get cake, though? Where do you get cake? What What, what are your... Maybe you're I just only, fucking with um, bad cake. I think so. I only experience cake on birthdays. I try not to. <laughs> oh, that's the worst cake. <laughs> That's the worst cake. Now, depends on where you get it from. If you buying a cake from like the grocery store, then yeah, that's just like you know, that's just you might as well just inject cake. yourself with just straight sugar. Yeah, <laughs> I've never, that's a sugar I've bread. never purchased a, uh, uh, I've never purchased a cake on purpose in my whole life. Oh. Man, no, you, you need to. Okay, <laughs> so just to give you context, I really don't. Y'all need to educate me on my cake. Yes. yes. When we can get together again, we'll have like, you know, we'll do the cake thing. You know what I'm saying? We'll go to like. Do a uh, cake walk. <laughs> yes. We'll do, we'll do the sugar. We'll go to Sugar Rush. You know, we'll go to Three Brothers. Oh. You know what I'm saying? We'll go to, um, who else got good cake? You know? You can go to chocolate bowl. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Ri- I'm writing these down. Yes, I'm these down right now. six ping. I think, I think it's polio. I think they sell. Yes, polio. yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, yes, uh, polio. Let's 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 make this cake thing happen. <laughs> I'm excited. All right, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my favorite meal growing up was like kidney beans and rice. I really Stop. Don't Oh have- my god. I like I like hard candies like blue raspberry. Fl- I'm pretty, I'm I'm a basic, uh, I'm a geriatric man who has a couple of sweet things he likes. Um, I'm gonna have to learn up. I'm holding my face like that little boy in Home Alone at the during at- <laughs> 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 this confession. It's okay, it's okay. We're gonna take care of you. Yes. We take we take care of our own. We go. You're not gonna do that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cause, cause unless you've had like the good stuff, you'd be surprised. Like I, I once had a um, a field trip ending in a bakery, <laughs> and mm. one of the students is like, "Oh shit, I thought I didn't like cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> I just been having shitty cheesecake." <laughs> It makes a difference. 
It, it does. makes a big difference. All right, y'all. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our intros be long. We take like 20 minutes to talk about whatever. It don't matter. People know by now. Um, we, so in honor of, in honor of Halloween. <laughs> We decided to watch or do a movie review of a horror film. A horror. See, I'm going to struggle with that word this whole podcast. Um, And a a horror film. I can't say like the (laughs) horror is a dance. Well, a horror film. Thank (laughs) you. We decided to do that kind of movie review for you this week. And, but, you know, because we're looking at all things black media, black and brown media, we decided to review Bill Gunn's Ganja and Hess from 1973 as it's an experimental mm. horror film. Um, so did everybody get a chance to watch it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I did in all 113 minutes. <laughs> And we're supposed to watch all the other cuts too, like Blood Couple and, uh, you know, Double Possession and all that, right? I don't know about that part. You you can tell us. I'm just kidding. Like, I don't even know where to find that shit. Like, I was about to say. Uh... Like, Sebastian, you're going to have to fill us in. Because <laughs> I watched it on Canopy like two hours ago. <laughs> oh, it was on Canopy. I should check for that because I was... I end up watching it on YouTube. It looked the same. Some, some, some kind soul put it on YouTube. No, God bless the people who pirate and put this. Yeah. <laughs> to the pirate. <laughs> <laughs> you are appreciated. <laughs> um, but um, do one of you kind of give want to give us a synopsis of the what the film is about? It's a difficult yeah. question, right? Right off the bat. With the- <laughs> <laughs> In minute thirty-five, we are not, what did we are not gonna do that. <laughs> uh, but okay, so maybe not a synopsis, but what was your first first impressions of the film? Um anyone can start. Just first impressions. Well, my first impression and, and you know, between Yes, like, you know, sharing the house with, like, three people continually and um, parenting. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to watch movies by chunks. Mm-hmm. So after I, after the first hour, I was like, man, this is reminding me a lot of losing ground. Uh, I think I told Marcellus that. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, Bill Gunn is in losing ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and losing ground doesn't have any sort of, like, you know, blood uh blood sacrifice in it or anything mm-hmm. like that but but i think the way that time is handled uh was very interesting and similar in both uh that that's like slip in mm-hmm. and out of sort of like a fantasy time where everything counts right um but things kind of like stretch out uh you know comprehension drops out like willfully by the filmmakers in both cases 
and you know i was i was very interested in those those types of decisions um uh in the overall sort of like viewing experience so so that's where i was at in the first hour um yeah i i don't know i don't know what sort of relationship uh gun and collins had if there was a lot if they were pulling from a lot of similar sources or if they were helping each other like you know uh, write or direct things because those are two filmmakers that unfortunately did, did not get to make many mm. films. Um, and I only became, you know, cognizant of them very recently, personally. Um, so it's it's something that I, I made a little note to look into later. Uh, but yeah, overall, I I was it it left me with so many questions in terms of what's happening and when is it happening mm. you know I, I don't know if y'all were always able to keep the events straight no i wasn't no <laughs> <laughs> time is but a, a, a suggestion and i love it uh-huh. <laughs> love it it worked it, it i feel like the way it treats time it made me think of like um because there is this kind of question of uh, of addiction to things mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. it, it made me think of when someone describes like the feverish withdrawal from something. Time just kind of seems mm-hmm. to slip away, mm. uh, or like compound itself. And I, I felt like uh, in watching it, you're sort of of uh, w- without consenting to it. You are brought into that process of like I don't know <laughs> what that <it> is. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I think so. It's it's interesting that you bring up the word consent because there is there's very, very little of that throughout the the storyline, you know, mm-hmm. and either Gun or like Spike Lee's version, uh, yeah, consent is not even an afterthought. Uh, in terms of most of the actions that, like the the, the protagonist mm-hmm. take, and and I, th- I think that's something there, and it, the movies kind of treat you like that, uh, you know. Very assertive. Yes, yeah, very <laughs> assertive. <laughs> very like, look here. I had to look at my arm to see if it was bruised, like so, like somebody kept, you know, you know, the arm grab. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to look here on ground, like, shit, what's going on? <laughs> Delphin for the screen. Goodness. It's such a bizarre film. It is. I... But did would any of you qualify that as a horror no, film? No, no. I wasn't scared at all. <laughs> I wasn't either. And like, even when I was watching it on Canopy, they had a little warning note before that you have to consent when you're talking about consent you have to consent that you you know they're like this film may be disturbing or some of the images may be disturbing be advised or something do you still want to watch it and i was like yes i'm like what am i getting ready to watch (laughs) and then as i watch i keep waiting for it to be like just over the top grotesque or scary and it Mm -hmm. never happened and i was like oh well, this isn't scary. <laughs> yeah. 
I was more entranced by like the aesthetic and the music mm -hmm. <laughs> versus like the whole film. Like I, I stopped worrying about if it was going to be scary or not, and it ended up not being scary. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You got to admit, it was so. It, I pretty much got freaked out when uh, Mita, like the Bill Gunn character, the like. Rinses his that mouth was with like the so gross. Oh, <laughs> yes, oh my gosh, Sebastian. That was so disturbing. Like, how you go wash your teeth with your own filth? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's the closest it comes to being a horror film. Um, so so would you classify it as like part of any specific genre? Suspense? Is it is it suspense or <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's suspenseful. It just it feels experimental feels like the right word. Mm. And that's just, mm -hmm. I know you're like that's <laughs> 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 all word when we don't know what to classify something as. Because um, uh -huh. it's not a horror film and you still think still it think is? It Why is? do you think so? Because yeah. it, it's like, um, this is going to be a silly example, but, uh, but oh, now I'm forgetting his name. Um, no, no, I'm thinking there's a oh. Bruce Willis. Mm. This is completely off topic. Bruce Willis made a, um, made a like, blue a blues album or like uh -huh. a pop album and uh he's like doing harmonica on it right and there's all this stuff um uh, some people would say that it is not a blues you know project it's like it's not like he's attempting mm -hmm. to do something it's 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 like something gimmicky but it uses all the it has all the elements of of an album like you know even if he's not a good musical artist it's still a record i feel like ganjan has sits in this weird no man's land of it has all the elements of a horror movie but it does not execute them in the same mm -hmm. way and so like you're almost like unless you say like you know like it's experimental like jamie was saying you're kind of twisted your twisting your arm into being like i guess it <laughs> i guess it is <laughs> Well, was it scary for that know. time? When it was, when was it created? Uh, 1973. 70... 1973. Yeah. Do you think it was scary? <laughs> it might yeah, be taboo. Like, did, did let a black man make a movie? Uh, listen, it's... But, <laughs> okay. I, I'm not worried about... Uh, I, I, it's not a question of, like, whether it was scary and it's not scary anymore in a way that, like, some films become sort of like campy and stuff. Mm. I just mean in terms of, you know, when you have genre, right? Mm. Genre is sort of like dealing with certain specific things, either formally or thematically, um, that sort of like, it, it sort of like works in that sweet spot. And that's why is that genre, mm. right? And... So, so for example, I, I'm gonna ask y'all, like, do you consider something like Limits of Control a spy movie? I don't know that movie. I don't know either. Like you, oh my god. Oh, that's that's the one where 
that's a favorite of mine. That's the one where Isaac de Moncule is a Jim Jarmusch movie where he's sort of like a James Bond type, you know, but the whole movie is like, what the fuck James Bond would be doing if he wasn't doing James Bond <laughs> shit? So he's like drinking coffees. I would say that's a, that's a spy movie. He's drinking coffees and he's having conversation. He's going to the museum. So it's like the daily life of a spy, um, but like when they're not doing, when they're on their off day, maybe? It's, he's not, he's not off. You know what I'm saying? Because he's like waiting for uh, it. Uh, so, but so that so it's an inaction movie, you know. Um, but yeah, I like for example, I don't consider that to be, uh, I don't consider that to be a spy movie, even though I consider Ghost Dog, which is part of like that trilogy, like, well, I call it a trilogy, I, I don't know what the fuck Jim Jarmusch calls it. You, 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 you all saw Ghost Dog. I ended up seeing it, yeah. I mean, I so but what was your? I want to. What was the rest of your thought on? on Ghost okay, Dog? so he made like uh, Ghost Dog right before Limits of Control, and before both of those, he made um, Dead Man, right? And mm-hmm. and most of Jamish stuff is sort of like very loose, but those three felt like, oh, here is a. Uh, here is a Western. Here is like a, a samurai gangster picture. And here is a spy picture. Right? And of course, mm-hmm. none of them really behave as such. And, you know, I, I didn't feel that Dead Man was really a Western. Mm-hmm. Even though it has the trappings, you know what I'm saying? Like they're out there. They have like, they, they have the gunfights and, uh, you know, a... And the same way with Limits of Control, it's like there's all the trappings, and it's, but it's all about the suits. Like, I really need you to see that movie because, like, I love to talk about that movie, and I guess there's not enough people to talk about it. <laughs> watch it. And um, Ghost Dog, which is probably the one that's been seen the most, Marcellus, you've seen it. Jamie and Irene, have you seen? No, it? I, no. I just looked it up and I saw that Forrest Whitaker is in it. it was... Of course, he goes <laughs> up. <laughs> it looks cool though. Like, I love it. I fucking love that movie. And I don't think it's a gangster picture, even though there's a lot of like you know goombas talking, sort of like that exaggerated like Sopranos type uh, talk in it. But I think it is a pretty good samurai picture hmm. you know what i'm saying like I, I would be comfortable putting that in the same genre as something like sort of doom or something um mm-hmm. and i guess what when, when i'm watching or oh, the one time i watch i'm gonna watch it again um watching gun giant s like everything that it's not just a question of upending expectations like the things that I usually am able to get from a horror picture Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. Um, that's sort of like a plumbing of like personal fears or sort of like more sort of like widespread cultural fears um, and forcing either a, a realization or confrontation you know what I'm saying it's like that feels absent 
I I feel like in in this in this conversation of of of, of genre and like the co- the sort of like deconstructing of these stories, mm-hmm. I, I guess the only reason why I feel comfortable placing it in horror is that I love as <laughs> sometimes it may feel um, counterintuitive to do it, but I love subgenre so much, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I if I had to describe this in a way that made it feel more at home uh, with the label of horror, I would call oh, it wow. moralic horror. Huh. Explain, please. So, like, the, like it's not... And I don't know if that's a really good term. I don't <laughs> no, <know>. we... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I... Just the idea that he... he, he uh, the, 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 the main character's actions, having to confront that he's doing these things sort of almost animalistically or without um, really concern for the, the consequences uh-huh. up until he meets that person that, you know, you know, I might hurt you. That's fine. I think the, the, the choice itself is more horrifying than their actions on screen. I don't, I don't know that. I mean, that's just an interpretation that, that, that I have, but I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I definitely agree with, you, with what you said about Ghost Dog, though. I think it it fits more into that other realm. Like it, it has all these other uh, these other signals to tell you something, but it's really its own sort of like expansion on on a, on a well, different. Well, I um I after I watched it, I was reading, I was trying to find some some someone who had like reviewed it or like some breakdown of it because this this film has like a cult following um mm-hmm. and the way they were talking about it so the studio approached tim gun or not tim oh tim gun <laughs> <laughs> wrong gun um, <laughs> um they approached they approached gun because at that time like all the black exploitation films were really popular and they wanted him to make mm-hmm. like a black version of a vampire film mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm kind of Trojan horsed it and like did this film <laughs> instead where like you have the vampire elements there but it's not like we're not I'm not scared of a professor green I'm I'm not scared of him I'm like oh okay um <laughs> he can walk in daylight like all these <laughs> all these kind of like the things we associate with vampires aside from the you know the blood drinking and the living forever it's there um he does, he just kind of like does away with it. Um, but one of the articles I was reading, they were saying how it's a kind of like a, a like the the whole it's like a flip on Christianity or or a critique on Christianity or mm. use, or using vampirism as a way to talk about black assimilation into white culture because mm. of of his wealth. Mm. Um, because he lives in that mansion, like in, like out in the mm. middle. Of, it looks like out, out in the middle of nowhere, but he says he has neighbors because we find that out when, when George is in that tree. Um, mm. but that was that was one of the the takes that they were talking about in regards to the film and having to in them talking about who the narrator was of the film, which I was like, I don't feel like there was a narrator. But this article is saying, you know, the narrator was at first the preacher, who's the chauffeur. Yeah. And then it switches to George Maida. And then it switches to mm-hmm. Ganja. And I'm like, mm-hmm. after Maida, 
I don't know if I feel like there's still a narrator. Like it's just like mm. all these things are happening, and then he meets Ganja, and first of all, the fact that she was like she married, she found her husband in that freezer, and was like, oh, I guess I'll marry him now. Like <laughs> I was just like. <laughs> I mean, it make, it make, it makes sense. It's like, it I'm makes, like, oh, I'm cracking. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, so, and because of that, it made me think at some point that he had maybe told her about his bloodlust, but we find out that he doesn't until like after they're married. And when you're talking about the consent, uh-huh. like he turns her mm-hmm. and doesn't, doesn't mm-hmm. ask yeah. her. She wants, no. And like, did you kill me? And, you know, and she's just like, I had a dream that you killed me. And he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I think I think it's interesting, like having that context of like the studio was expecting one kind of film. Gunn was like, I'm gonna do this instead. And them pulling it from mm-hmm. theaters because they're just like, this isn't what we wanted, and it's not, you know, doing well. Yeah. But the critics really liked it. Um, I mean, not that it really mm-hmm. matters what critics think, but people, res- the critics responded really positively, positively to it. So, I'm curious about this idea of like it being some kind of metaphor for black assimilation, or I don't know, because in having it to do with his own status as this professor of, of anthropology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, mm-hmm. I'm curious is if, if you guys see that in the film or if, thinking back to it, um, if any of that seems plausible. Right at the moment, it's hard for me to think about it divorced from the Spike Lee version. Uh, yeah, I don't know the Spike because... Lee one, so how was, how was that one? Because I Apparently everybody else hated it, and I, and I, I did not and like I that. I promised version. I was gonna like it as a contrarian, and I thought I was kidding, but I kind of like it. Um, <laughs> listen, y'all, it's Spike Lee. Okay, it's like it's like one of the great living filmmakers. Even when he fucks up, you know what I'm saying? That's gonna be more interesting than somebody getting it a hundred percent the way right. they want to get mm-hmm. it. You know, and I feel that the sweet blood of Jesus is is a really good first draft. It feels like I I don't think it's yeah, you know, it's not nearly as good as uh, it does feel like a first it draft. It feels like a first draft. Yeah. And I ain't mad at it. It's a movie made in like fifteen oh. days. What? It's made in fifteen days on a budget of a million and a half dollars, oh. which means it was cheaper to make. Than oh. Gunja and Hess, which had a budget of three hundred fifty thousand dollars in nineteen seventy three. Yeah, that okay. You're right. So it's a cheaper, quicker movie, and and maybe I'm a little bit more forgiving. And of course, I have a history with Spike Lee. Um, like he even drove my bus one year to Chicago. Uh, you know. Wait, but, what? <laughs> well. We had a bus driver. We went to Chicago one year, me and Julie, and a bus driver was like really this like diminutive, diminutive like angry dude that looked exactly oh. like Spike Lee. 
but also because he was so fucking angry at us all the time, it felt like Spatley was driving the bus, you know? And, and at this point, Spatley has already made, like, you know, get on the bus. So I just, other people were kind of, like, frustrated by the, the experience of, of, like, having Spatley as a driver because they weren't taking of him as Spatley. But I, I remember that, that trip fondly. Um, but, but, yeah, it's... It's something that he that I feel he needed to get out of the system. It doesn't feel like any other Spike Lee movie that I've seen, and um, it's there are some ways that he's teasing out some of what his understanding of Bill Gunn's movie are that I, I can I cannot mm. not along to, you know. So like that, I think there's an idea of sort of like a. Dr. Green, Dr. Hess Green as part of a mm. predatory culture before he even mm. becomes a vampire. That's interesting. That is not maybe articulated as like straightforwardly um, in Gunja and Hess, but like once I see it in the Spike Lee version, so so his whole home is like um, like a sort of like a, a museum of like uh, African artifacts. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and and that's interesting in itself. Like this is something that you, you all have talked about uh, throughout the season, like the difference between like representing Africa right. and living Africa, right? Um, and so that sort of presentation and that sort of use of those objects is yes. very Western. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like nothing is being used in the way that they were originally meant to be used. They're just like trophies. Like, and even though they're in the home of a black man, you know, and of course, like, we never talk about, like, uh, Dr. Mm. Green's money in the original, uh, but, like, in the, in the Sweet Blood of Jesus, he's like, yeah, my parents started the first black firm on Wall Street. They were the first black people on Wall Street, you know, it's like, there's, that's not a, an accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's an indictment, especially coming from somebody with the filmography that Spike has had. You know what I'm saying? When Spike, if a Spike character tells you, it's like, yeah, it's like we we we're the first ones to do this. You know, at no point do you believe that Spike is like, yeah, that's a good thing, that's a great thing. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. So this money, so they didn't have their 40 acres but they they bought their 40, 40 acres you know using sort of like predatory yeah. manners in the first place and, and so there's this idea that this guy exists and so like the curse of, of vampirism is just sort of like always innate you know what I'm saying it's just kind of like mm-hmm. waiting to be um there was this interesting piece, and I forget the author that I read a few months ago, uh, that was talking about how the pandemic is not new. We've been living the pandemic mm-hmm. for years in the way that we live life, in the way that we are isolated, you know, in the way that we feel each other. Um, and, uh, and I'll try to find a piece and send it to you because I'm not doing it justice. Um, but basically, this idea that this pandemic life 
is something that we've been sort of like rehearsing even mm. before the pandemic and not in a good way you know it's like that's the that's the result of this sort of like capitalist lifestyle and in a real way that is like super clear and in the Spike Lee version and that I can like go back and think about it's like I'm like yeah I can look at the Gun uh, Has version and be like yeah 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 that's probably there too at least that's probably how Spike Lee understood it and, and you know I can get with that is this idea that this guy's yeah. already a vampire you know he's already a vampire forget like him being stabbed and getting the supernatural powers he's already a vampire mm -hmm. you know um, and I think especially the, the sort of like presence that Dwayne Jones has, uh, and the way that he sort of like efficiently moves into, um, sort of like a more, you know, sort of like more black, but also much poorer, a milieu throughout the movie mm -hmm. when he leaves victims. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, He's comfortable as fuck. He's not like, he's not like, oh shit, I've never been right. on, you, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't feel like fucking like Jaden Smith going just outside of Chicago all of a sudden, you know? He's like, he's like very self-possessed and together yeah. he's like, all right, you know, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in there and I know where to find like a sex worker and like mm -hmm. take advantage of that, you know? Um, so it feels like, yeah, it's like that that guy was a vampire waiting to happen. I love that. I love that that way of thinking about it. Um, because I've often seen people talk about like capitalism is a form of vampirism and how it just I never heard mm. that. Yeah, and like how it just sucks the life force like out of people in different ways through, you know, it's the way it functions, like it the way it exploits people. Um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, that's like, you brought up a really good point. It's not like blatant, like blatantly clear in the Bill, in the Bill Gunn version, mm -hmm. like his, him already being a vampire, but it makes a lot of sense because of, you know, all the reasons you just so eloquently put, to, put together. <laughs> um, so what I think, so for Irene and and Marcellus, the two of you also watched The Sweet Blood of Jesus, and y'all were like, it's a no for me. <laughs> why Why was it, why was that your initial um, reaction to the film? I think I, I think I, I liked the beginning of it, mm -hmm. and then it, and it faded mm -hmm. out for me towards the, um, and I think also because it's shorter, and the, Really? It's longer. Yeah. Yeah, it's but fun. longer. <laughs> Cause I had I had the same experience of like it when it started, I was like, okay. Uh -huh. Right. I'm I'm here. Yeah. I'm locked in. Buckled my seatbelt. And then it felt like I felt like I was dragging. <sighs> to use it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it it felt like I was told, um, we are going Stop. to McDonald's. <laughs> I was in the back seat of the car, and then we went to Home Depot. And I think I don't know. It's been it's been a couple of years since I've watched the movie because I watched it when mm -hmm. it first came out. Um, and so I 
especially after watching uh, this original uh, iteration, I kind of want to go back and see if it's the same feeling. I like Home Depot (laughs) now when I go. Um, Oh, my God. I don't know. Maybe it's just the... (laughs) But I agree. There was like a... a, It it felt like the energy um, and some of the, the... Like the... My ability to hold on to what was going on started mm. to lessen as it got closer and closer to the to the the le- like last act of the film. That that's a, uh, well. Go ahead. Uh, well, the question I guess for the three of you is like, because I'm thinking about how Spike Lee paces his films, like the way he tells the way he tells mm-hmm. the story versus how Bill Gunn was telling a story, and we talked about the time and not really getting a good sense of time mm-hmm. in Ganja and Hess, but like. In the sweet blood of Jesus, do you feel like is it more of a lin- is it more linear, or is it you still kind of have this time is just becoming mashed together thing happening? Oh, it's entirely. And I think okay, so I think that is probably why Irene and Marcel's are like it's longer. That's <laughs> 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 actually like step by step, like telling the story. Versus doing this kind of like, what is time? It's such a suggestion kind of thing. Oh, maybe I was confused. I thought you were saying like the Spike Lee version was shorter. Yeah, I thought I thought Spike we... Lee was shorter. Okay, but I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought the whole like yeah. linear thing, like it it does have a consistent. Like I don't get lost completely with the Spike Lee mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So, so there's probably times where you're just like waiting for stuff as opposed to like the, the gun version where it's like, you just never know. Uh, and, and like Marcellus mentioned before, it's like, it's like, I'm going to do things. I'm, gonna do things for you. I'm not going to warn you. I'm not going to warn you what the fuck I'm going to do. You're just going to sit here and take like, it. Like surprise. You know? Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, it, it, and again, like I'm probably watching it. I'm guessing you all sat down and watched it. Yes, in one yeah, go, up, up, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and again, unfortunately, yeah. I can't watch movies like that anymore. <laughs> That's just my life. I would like to watch movies like that, but you know, I watch them by mm. chunks. And so maybe that mythic. We'll try that though. Some of it. You know, what? I don't recommend it. It's just, again, <laughs> I don't. I don't recommend it in general. You know, it's like at some point I had like three or four movies started, right? And then they all dropped out of screening. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. It's like, well, and you know, it was an interesting little experiment because they were like three sort of oh. like body snatcher uh. movies. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm watching three body snatcher movies from three different decades. And I had a clever little boy. And um, and of course, they all dropped out of Netflix like the same week. And now I've not no. seen the end of e- any of the three movies. Yeah. <laughs> Better go find it on YouTube. Still so yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> I check on them every once in a while. I was like, hey, are you back yet? Like, no. Okay. Let me know. Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish, I wish there was a service where they're like, yo, that movie you like is back on YouTube, son. Or something, Why doesn't you know, that exist? But... 
Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you just gave somebody a business idea. <laughs> Go for it, please. Yeah. I'll be the first to sign up. That's why I've gotten into the habit of, of uh, buying uh-huh. DVDs. Um, again, uh, I always look the the um, the Target employees always look at me like I'm crazy. You're probably surprised when I you even know a what a DVD is. is. Um, uh, I didn't think you were five. I'm not five years old. <laughs> it's like those. What are those YouTube videos where they have the kids and they give them like a rotary phone and they're like, "What is this? <laughs> How do I use this?" Huh? You said a rotisserie. Wait, what? No, no. The- <laughs> you don't know what a rotary phone is. No, I mean I'm not. I'm not you know what old. a rotary phone is. <laughs> yes, I know what a rotary phone is. A rotary phone with the uh, with the uh, the circular uh, number dial. Yeah, I have like, one. You still have one? Yes, it's my auntie's. I took it from her house. I think I still have one too, but it doesn't. It doesn't really work. <laughs> um, but I'm once again have derailed this. <laughs> but you're saying you're buying DVDs now because like they take things off streaming so quickly. Um, yes, yes, that's not a bad idea. They do, and I mean, there's also there's so many. Like I know now there's a like a groups mm-hmm. like Criterion. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they have yeah. a streaming service, but even even those yeah. things change. And so they have all these. Uh, I just look at like the Criterion Collection DVDs, or I just go to. A, I mean, you'd be surprised what you could find just in stores, or um, I don't know if Houston would have uh, very many, if any at all. But um, when I was living in Missouri, there was a a record store that was also uh, a DVD. Um, uh, because it wasn't a, all the blockbusters were were gone, deceased. Mm. Uh, There's one in Southwest. The store. Yes, that um, I go to. I forgot the name. <laughs> I mean, there's still dividerias, but um, on top of that, there's some good places where, like, you'd be surprised sometimes when you're going to the dollar store. Yeah, you can find that for like two or three dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like one year, I remember I found uh, Robin and Marion, and Robin and Marion used to be like really fucking hard to find, y'all. You know, uh, y'all no. ever see Robin and Marion? It's you see, it's, it's from Richard, 1976. I'm, I'm researching this right now. Yes, you know Sean Connery and Audrey Hepburn. Oh. I, yes, and, and it's like Robin Hood is like in it's like late fifties, and Marion is like, why are you still doing this shit? Like, <laughs> and, and it's like, why you a nun, bitch? And then they get into it, and you know they sort of have this sort of like weird relationship where they resent each other for the oh. relationship that they pick. You know, because it's like way down the road, it's like if like the Disney version where it didn't end with just like them and their prime and the king coming back and it's like, it's all good now, (laughs) y'all. You know, where it was like, 
we have to keep fighting for 30 more years. And Marion's like, you really want to do this shit? Because like, I'm ready to like settle down, like have a life with you. And he's like, but I'm Robin Hood, yo. You know? So it takes him way later. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. And for the longest time, it was something that I grew up having seen on like mm-hmm. basic cable a few times. Uh-huh. And like as an adult, I was like, I need to see this shit again. And then it was impossible it's, to find. It's streaming, but you got to pay two ninety nine to watch it on uh-huh. Voodoo. It's easier to find these days, but yeah, like the last time I saw a copy was at the at a dollar mm-hmm. store for like three bucks. Yeah. I feel like I have, um, I have this every every couple of years. I suddenly remember yes. an animated film uh, yes. from my childhood, and I go, "Oh, let me," but I can't remember the name, and that become I become my own worst enemy in trying to find things. And I'll just go on Google and look up different phrases that don't like. And there was a movie I found. I think I told Jamie about it. It was. It's not uh-huh. even a really good film. It's just fun. It's just fun to let it. Just background play. noise. <laughs> and it was called because it's just ludicrous. I found. I realized like maybe a couple years ago, a year after I had it, um, it was Wait, just what? an advertisement well, in it? the form of a film. What? I didn't. What? I didn't. It's called Flying Ryan. Never heard of Flying Ryan. <laughs> and it is this. It's. I'm pretty. I'm positive. <laughs> it is a Keely's commercial. <laughs> Be, and it is it is not a good movie, but it brings me such joy in how absurd it is as a concept. I'm looking at it. Yeah, 12-year-old um, Ryan's luck is about to change when he discovers a strange pair it, of magical sneakers. That's great, Disney Channel. Like uh, it's made in 2003. That that feels like Disney Channel energy. Listen, this was if this was Disney Channel funded, <laughs> Mickey Mouse was on life support during this period. Cause it, I don't know, but I I couldn't for the longest time I couldn't remember either of those two <laughs> words. And they're rhyming, right? And I also thought rhyme was like a. I thought he was a young Asian girl in my memory, so I was looking up flying tennis shoes, um, Asian child. Oh my god! For like. Oh my god. Six years. <laughs> like six, seven years. Okay. I think the only reason I remember the name eventually was because of uh I had a nightmare. <laughs> I had a nightmare about the shoes and um the word Ryan came into my mind and I was like, ah, oh, man. Not the formula. Just even uh, the Photoshop on the It box is, box, isn't well. it? You yeah. got it. I got a copy. Right. I still got my copy. You, is that a? Is that a? What is oh, that on his back? Okay. Is that a chihuahua? What is that? It looks like a, it's a pomeranian. Oh. Okay. It's a pomeranian. <laughs> Initially, they thought it was a stink <laughs> in the film. Oh my god. It was quite a wacky uh, adventure. Does it come with uh, commentary? Well, it, needs, it needs. Uh, flying Ryan commentary. Might. I, I'm, yes. I'm. Listen, if there isn't, um, Jamie, 
we we have some work to do if Did there is no <laughs> I mean, I can add it to the show notes. <laughs> Sensational. <laughs> it's like it is the most busted version. I was about to say it's that. Like, like Mike, but in no, no. But in the worst, you know, I I used to like bad movies too when I was. (laughs) Um, uh, What was my favorite? Why I liked really boring ones. Like my favorite one was Charlie the Lonesome Cougar. What the? Exactly. What is that? (laughs) It was about this man who was who was like. He was like a lumberjack oh or something. God. He worked like in logging and he finds his little baby cougar and like keeps it as his own. And the cougar like hangs out at the like where they're doing the log rolling and stuff. And then the cougar does log rolling. It's like, you know, like cougar antics. It's cute. It's like from the 70s. That was my favorite. <laughs> you said cougar antics oh, like that's a common phrase to say. <laughs> and this one yes, is this one Disney. is from Disney. <laughs> wow. Okay. How I got what? Like, how I got the movie? How I saw it? I don't know, but I do remember going through a phase where I liked stuff with like live action animals. They didn't have to talk, but if it was boring. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I don't know why. I don't know what kind of patience I had as a child to sit there and watch <laughs> I don't think I ever What are your, what are your thoughts on Babe? The Pit? Babe. babe I love Babe. And and you see, for yeah. a long time also, it's like Babe 2 was hard to see. It was like, I mean, I guess it was a just... Babe 2. Babe 2. No one remembers <laughs> Babe 2. Yes. George Miller, and I still haven't seen it. Now that it's easier to see, it's kind of like you're too easy, (laughs) you know. But I need to get with that because, like, you know, Miller is—he knows what the fuck he's doing. (laughs) Yes, he does. Yep. I, I, I always have to. I have. This is now the third time this month I've discussed this movie. What? Uh Babe, two pig in the city. I. I don't know what it is. There are certain films, yes. certain children Marcel, films that I have it. an irrational do amount of. Don't do uh, it. We can't say it. The remaining 30 minutes of the show will be about that movie. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll tell y'all at the end of the credits. Because <laughs> the first time I met him, uh, we, had Blue, well, we, we had met, but uh-huh. so we all like hung out. We went to Voodoo Queen in in the East End, and he was talking about this film, yeah. and I was like, "Is he serious?" And he was serious. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I I can understand that because we talk about George fucking Miller here, so yeah, it's a but serious film. Do, well, I guess we have to say it now, but you can't talk about it for thirty minutes, Marcellus. I won't. I won't talk about. So, so I love. I love Baby Pink in the City, but I'm. Ta- I would. I have this. Um, I would say obsession oh! with the Stuart Little franchise. <laughs> wow. And um, 
I just I have so many things to say about <laughs> well, about that mouse. <laughs> and that 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 series came from um uh Rob uh uh Minecraft. He I'm trying to think of what other like, other films he he did the Lion one, King, he did the Lion King, I think. Um uh, yeah, the, like the the original one. Um, he also did Stuart <laughs> Little Two. Oh, uh, the Haunted Mansion. Uh, he did a lot of the, basically all of the old uh. shows for Roger Rabbit, like those original. He, so like he. The man has some things under his belt, but Stuart Little and Stuart Little too are they okay. are thrillers, <laughs> and I and I stand by that. Argument. See, I I, I never um, I never watched them. I think because I grew up on the witches, and I was like, "Yo, I already got my mouse movie." You that's know? fair. I respect that. There's something about about mm-hmm. mice and movies. I don't know. Man. It works. It's a good combination. Um, it works. There's not a lot of successful um, dog Excuse franchises you? that Homeward I can think Bound? of without being a little bit irritated. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> so easy. No. I mean, back in the back in the day, oh. like, don't make me sound like a fucking uncle here, but like back in the day, oh. you had Benji. Oh, yeah. That was legit. Benji, you know, laugh. Benji was legit. The the only uh dog I can think of fondly, uh, other than like the all dogs go to heaven mm-hmm. movies, which were weird. Um, uh, wishbone. That was educational. I give a pass. <laughs> it was. <laughs> wishbone was out here teaching me. He was clever. Uh, he was small. He did, did not intimidate. Ever me. do Dracula? Uh, Dracula? Ooh, now I'm, hmm. well, because you know what, what the premise, Dracula? like Wishbone, would do like recreations of classic literature. So I was wondering mm-hmm. if he did um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I don't know. Interesting. Oh. He did not. That's a good attempt yeah. at getting us back. <laughs> it was. I recognize and appreciate that. Oh, he, he did do well, Frankenstein. <laughs> well, I, bring, yeah. I bring it up. I bring Dracula because they did talk about <laughs> maybe Dracula as like a very loose skeleton for Ganja and Hess. And I don't know if I see it. Mm. I mean, I've seen like so many different versions of Dracula that. I don't even know which because mm. I haven't read the book. I don't know if I want to read the book. Um, Why not? I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Mm. Did it? Did you know Blackula came out oh, a year well, yeah. before Ganja and Hess? Mm. It's the reason Ganja Hess was funded uh, in the first place. Uh, You're like, yeah, do so that. <laughs> we, want, do that. we want our own version <laughs> for this studio. Do that. We want that. And Bill was like, mm, nah. 
<laughs> I was like, I'm gonna do this instead. Like, I feel this is more interesting. Which honestly, I think it is. It is. I mean, I don't think I've, I haven't seen. I feel like I saw Blackula, but like a long time ago. Also, I don't think I've seen. That. There's also mm-hmm. Vampire in Brooklyn. I've not. Yeah. I've yes, I've seen that a long time ago. That, that you know, so fantastic. The idea of, of black vampires isn't is is. Yes. Wait, ju- just a second. Were you talking shit about the sweet blood of Jesus and you just called Vampire Brooklyn a fantastic movie? <laughs> that has is that what just happened? Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. I'm not hating. Yes, sir. I, yes, I'm just clarifying and making notes. <laughs> but, but you know, no hate. <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I've never claimed to be consistent. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, okay. I can get with that. <laughs> I just, but also, I mean, I just literally today I bought a, a box set of Eddie Murphy movies, and that was on there. So I might be running off a little bit of. What? I bought a fourteen movie collection, including including like uh, it had Beverly Hills Cop two. Oh my god! <laughs> the entire Beverly Hills Cop series. Oh my gosh! One, two, and three. We got a. Yes, of course. The Golden Child's on there. What? This is not. I mean, I keep in it, but I don't go. It don't. It don't. (laughs) But um, but back to your. uh, (laughs) No, I think I think uh, uh, approach here is very Gunjan Hess. You know, it's like hopefully the listeners will feel that we've taken away their sense of consent and we lost. (laughs) And and confused, yes. but but very also much fulfilled. So. Very much so. I like that. I guess a a question I have is, um, in thinking about the way that this film is is structured, do you think? Because because how many? Because you you uh, you had said there are multiple sort of interpretations or iterations of, of the story? Yes, is, because is the people who funded what they expected mm-hmm. to be another Blackula mm-hmm. still wanted to make their mm-hmm. money back. You know, so they took all the footage and had somebody else recut it into a oh. vampire movie. Like a straightforward vampire movie and they called it Blood Couple. And I think it got horrible reviews and people weren't into it. And then they, after The Exorcist came out, they're like, oh, you, you don't want more vampires? How about <laughs> Possession? So all of a sudden, the movie was called Double Possession and was recut again to be this sort of like, you know. Yeah. So try to make that money back. I'm, I, I'm curious what would happen if, because I can't think of any and this might just be my you know a gap in my knowledge i can't think of any other film uh maybe mm. um blade runner with that many versions of well it. <laughs> do, do you think if it was done one more like one more time there'd be anything you could you could do this film that uh gun hadn't already you know could it be better well, than i mean it that's that's is? a difficult question because you know, there's always somebody waiting to surprise you. I feel that it's a very 
sort of mm -hmm. like finished, accomplished thing. So I'm not particularly curious. It, it's it might be fun for somebody to play around with. The the other version stuff, um, I think now it's 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 always it's always kind of existed, right? Uh, like when you think about mm. something like Apocalypse Now, a which we didn't really get to real version until like maybe thirty years later. It's like y'all remember what, like, when that came long, out? Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but still, it's like because I saw the original, and I was like, yeah, it's it's a quote unquote classic, but I'm not really feeling it. Um, I think I think the first the the sort of classic version of that is a mess, but that was the official mm. version until he got to sit back down. Uh, in the editing bay with like Walter Merch and cut it the way he always wanted to cut it. And it was like, I think 30 to 40 minutes longer, but it felt a lot shorter than the original cut. Um, so a lot of that stuff was just like people leaving stuff uh, behind. But the one that was really weird to me, and maybe one of you all have seen this, I, I never did, was when, um, what's his name? Like, this is a Texas boy. Uh, Days of Heaven and all that. Um, the New World. You remember the New World? Oh, with Colin Farrell. Like yeah, he released vaguely, it, and then he's like, "Ah, shit!" But I'm not done. And then he released it again because, like, I was kind of excited. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna see this," and I'm like, "But he's like, wait, did he just release it like two weeks later with another cut?" And then I think he, re uh, he released it a third time. I'm like, dude, you don't know what you're doing. You know, and I, I felt that way. I know a lot of my friends, I don't know how you feel about that shit. I know a lot of my friends love the Thin Red Line. I think the Thin Red Line is a fucking mess. That, that, that doesn't deserve any of the accolades it's gotten. You know, it feels like they gave like a 15-year-old the biggest budget in the world and the best white American wow. actors money could buy. <laughs> and he made a fucking mess, okay? Uh, so after that, I was still like a fan of at least one of his earlier films. I'm like, I'm gonna give it another chance, but like, I'm like, I don't trust you now, dude. Mm -hmm. You know, you kept recutting your own film in such like a short little. But th there's there's films out there with like multiple copies. Usually, one copy mm -hmm. sort of like reigns supreme. You know, but like that they're, they're out there, especially when you start considering um, other markets. Like, you know, what's happening in the Asian market, what's happening in the European market. There's a book that just came out recently mm. about um, the Japanese writer uh, Murakami. And apparently, huh. we have never fucking read Murakami. Because that shit is edited to, you know, um. it's like the, the, the people who brought in Murakami made so many cuts and changes in the translations that they're like, ah, uh, you know, Americans are going to like this shit. Uh, they made the decision uh -huh. for us. Yeah. And so I, I quite like Murakami. A lot of my friends like Murakami. Uh, but maybe That's we've so never wrong. really read Murakami. You know, but yeah, so that, that was like a bombshell for me. But I mean, I don't know how many of these things are out there with the multiple versions and how long it's been. It's it's kind of, unless you can track the different markets, 
and track the different eras, you know, <laughs> who the fuck knows? I really, I really, um, part of the reason I even posed the question is because I, I've never, I've never watched something, um, and gone, mm. this needs a new version, or I feel like I should, I need him. That's, I guess that's why I'm even, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I can understand a little bit when, when someone's made something and maybe they re-edit it, but I guess I'm, I'm trying to figure out, uh, like Spike Lee watching it and then mm-hmm. digesting this story, like, does he see it? What he did as an interpretation is it an improvement? Is it its own? You know what I mean? Like, there's just this this sort of Ganjin has is mm-hmm. for better or worse exists as another like representation in like the, the mm-hmm. black film, black media canon. And, and I don't know. I've I've never our, our conversation about the, the sweet boy Jesus is making me think about it more and more. Um, like, am I gonna rewatch this and be like, <laughs> actually, let me? <laughs> didn't... It's well, no. did, didn't um, I think Bill Gunn helped Spike Lee with the screenplay for the Sweet Blood of Jesus? No, no, Bill oh, Gunn oh. was dead. <laughs> Oh, credited. That's why yeah, I mean, no, he's he's credited because he kept a lot of you know, some of the dialogue is word for word, you know, yeah. So, in a real way, Bill Gunn is a co writer on this, but yeah, my bad. I used to Google y'all. It's it's all good. <laughs> I I want to see more of that though. You you know it's 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 interesting that the question even comes up, as opposed to like why aren't we seeing this kind of shit all the time? You know because I feel that and I used mm-hmm. to feel that way for for a long time. It's like I want to see remakes of shit that didn't really uh-huh. work out well the first time, but there was something there, like there were good bones. Uh, there were good bones, and I want to see what happens uh, if you actually sort of like get a perfect expression out of that. But again, like Spike Lee's dad mm-hmm. is a jazz musician. You know, that's a tradition he grew up in. Mm-hmm. It's just like things being sort of like made and remade, uh, and and it's never a sort of diss on the original. It's just yeah. sort of like building on these traditions. All right, and uh, apart from that, it, it's it, that's something I would like to see more of. I, I would like to see more people just doing sort of like different versions, building. Because again, I think that's one of the best ways that you can do criticism. You know, that there was this like uh, one of the the late interviews with uh, curator and photographer John Chakoski. They asked him, "It's like, hey, what kind of photo criticism are you in, into?" You know, and it's like, you probably mean, like, what kind of, like, writers. But my favorite photo criticism is other photographers. And he started listing how this photographer's pictures are a response to that photographer's pictures, etc. 
And, and, and I think there's something there that's too often left on the table, you know? Uh, but again, there's like rights and like the fucking myth of originality shooting us in the legs and stuff like that. Uh, I, I, I have to take care of something. Uh, All right. I'm gonna, I'll be back in a few minutes. All right, y'all? Um, I think to further out what Sebastian was saying about- No worries, no worries. Uh, <laughs> Louis, what's going on? Louis, what's going on? <laughs> what he was saying about like people remaking things and as a way to rebuild criticism. I know that Spike Lee, like he remade, he had She's Gotta Have It was a movie originally that he made, I think like the 80s, early 90s, but then he remakes it for yeah, like yeah. Netflix as a television series um, and, or Netflix series, a streaming series. And so, you know, I think I still. I had never seen the original She's Gotta Have It, but then I watched the first season of it on Netflix. I'm like, oh, you know, it made me want to go back and revisit this film mm -hmm. and look at, you know, how he approached the subject of Nola Darling as this. Um... Have either one of you seen? Have either one of you seen She's Gotta Have It? No. no. Oh, my. Oh, Irene. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you you could just skip to season two because because no oh so I was talking it's <laughs> like building your point about remaking things like I know he remade she's got to have it like uh -huh. he's remaking his own material but he remade it as a yeah. as a series for Netflix and that mm -hmm. made me want to go back and watch the film because I hadn't watched the film and the way he's approaching it now feels more. I don't know. Like I like I like it. I like the series more, but I can't. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, I saw this first, so I'm attached to this, versus going back and looking at something. Mm -hmm. um, have you, you? Neither one of them has seen. She's got to have it. The film or the series. No, no, yeah. I think I think my history with mm. Spike Lee maybe starts with school days, and so. But for some reason, I haven't gone back and, you know, yeah, I, I got some gaps in there. I've never seen Girl 6. Yeah, that's, that's one that, yeah. No. I haven't well, seen that, so I can't you really You guys can just on skip one. to season two. Um, <laughs> oh, she's gotta have okay. it. It's all about Nola Darling really leaning into her art career and <laughs> what that looks like. And. Uh -huh. mm -hmm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so it, it it got a lot of criticism for being a little too, um, I guess, too explanatory of what it, of what it was doing. Like it was stopping to explain itself too much, I mean, which is a tactic Spike does in his mm -hmm. films, where you know we do have these moments where the character breaks and like tells you what's happening, but for some reason mm -hmm. it people were not happy with it in this format of this show. And the particular mm -hmm. episode I'm thinking about, I I, I would definitely agree with that. Because you have Carrie Mae Weems in that episode. You have Latoya Ruby Frazier. All like, big name artists in the mm -hmm. particular episode wow. telling you who they are as as artists. And it's kind of like Sure, if like if you're not if you're not in the art world, you're not you may not know who these people are. Like that's I, I completely understand that, but mm -hmm. I think you know for me or just like even watching it, it was just kind of like what is happening, 
And Nola's work in itself was kind of derivative, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Skip to season two and just watch that because I'm just like, I don't, I mean, I can't even vaguely remember. Season one pretty much follows the film and that she has these three guys that she's dating, trying to figure out which one she wants to be with. Mm-hmm. And the spoiler is she chooses herself, you know. Um, but all that to say, you know, this idea of remaking things, it bring it makes me think about, I don't, when you were talking about it, I don't know why I thought about Annie and like how people had such a big stink about the remaking Annie with Quevins and Wallace and Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. They're like, Annie is a redheaded mm-hmm. little white girl. And you can't, you can't, you can't make her black. <laughs> like you can't do that. And we're like, <laughs> Like this is literally You're a story. Right. Like this is <laughs> okay. a story that could be applied. Orphans come in all colors. Like this could be applied to anybody. No, no, pe- people's gonna people gonna do shit. You know, there, there was like there was like the whole thing about like not yeah. having any brown hobbits. You know, it's like you know the motherfuckers are made up, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it. it it, there's only ever one thing behind that because, yeah, I can. The only the only time where that would even matter is if there are like really specific things tied to the character. Like maybe Brad Pitt can't be T'Challa. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Thinking about that scene from Joe Black when he starts trying to speak in that uh, Jamaican accent to that lady in the hospital. I've never. I'm just—it's—it's bad. He says something about Irie, something like the only—you know—the only word that you know people outside of Jamaica use, and to to authenticate Mm -hmm. whatever they're trying to talk, say whatever dialect is they're doing, um, which is not the actual one. Um. You know, <laughs> and and that sounds like something that um, Neil Gaiman did a lot with uh, his Morpheus yeah. character in the Sandman comic book, because like Joe Black is deaf, so he like goes across mm-hmm. cultures and across like time, right? So yeah, he would have relationships with you know he would be like the deaf of like you know some like farmer in Jamaica is the same death as some like aristocrat mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. in England. But um but in the comic book, when that happens, it's not just like, oh, this white guy all of a sudden <laughs> saying, you know, he changes form into like whatever right. form <laughs> right. However he manifested that culture. You know, and that would have been like an easy thing to do. It's like what what would what would death look like no. as Jamaican woman? But yeah, well, they, they, they're just it. trying to keep well, Brad on the screen don't. as long as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. <laughs> like, okay, I guess. But wait, yes, that makes that makes way more sense <laughs> than, than this black lady being scared of some some young white man in a hospital. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what we were even talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. 
I mean, I jumped in because well, we I, I, I had we to like go away for about a the second, and, and it's more and that being a, a source of um, mm. truly have criticism about things. And I'm trying to think if there's anything, any movies that I like that are remakes. Can y'all think? Of mm. that? Uh, did a remake? I mean, I'm sure. But I mean, it's hard. It's hard to tell because there's so many things now that, like, you know, if a remake is a remake is a remake is a remake, then eventually you're so far removed, right? Like, they, mm-hmm. uh, I always get annoyed with the, with it, but I feel like it's kind of true in certain ways. There's only like ten stories ever made. And we're retelling, retelling stories in different um, reconstructions, but. Yeah, I feel like uh, mm. it's not a movie, but Lovecraft Country is a reconstruct. I mean, that's of a book, so I mean, it's a it's I a, I guess a different variation of that, but and nine the adaptation. I heard they were really scary, and um. I don't <laughs> want to watch it. <laughs> the little girl, the little, little I don't girls. think they're scary. They're just a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that uh-uh. me. oh, I don't like movies. I was awake like for a while. <laughs> was like evil. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, I just got like goosebumps. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> goosebumps, sticky bumps. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. scary children. Wait, what? <laughs> Doctor Doolittle. Eddie Murphy. Is that in your box set? That's a remake I enjoyed. But they had they had Norbert in it. It is not. Um, I know. Mm. Yeah. I feel like they couldn't get the rights to do. I don't know who made this box set, but oh, it's Paramount. I don't think they had the. Um. Cause they have like, <laughs> I'm not gonna read Which this. Which that's list. gonna be <laughs> but, the sequel is coming sequel to America. It's gonna on be there, on though, uh, yes, Amazon. Oh, I'm very curious yes. to see how that goes. Very soon. Go. Yes. There is uh, the okay. So uh, you know, the whole time I'm thinking is like, oh, is there any remakes I really like? And, and it's hard to think of it sometimes. This is that he has remakes. But uh, recently, I watched, I finally got around to watching the Evil Dead series, right? And Evil Dead 2 is interesting because ah. it's sequel and remake rolled into one. And I thought that was interesting and nice. Evil Dead. I don't... No, it definitely has, there's like a, um, it has a weird versatility mm-hmm. As being its own, like yes, it's like it's polishing itself. All the pieces that <laughs> no, no, no. I think there's that's the I think ho- horror as a genre, like going <laughs> circling back all the way to you know is it you know is it horror? Um, I feel like it's the one genre I can think of the most. That gets redone and redone and redone, mm-hmm. and sometimes in the form of sequels, like 
How many times does uh, yeah. Jason Voorhees or come back? Cooper or Michael Myers. Same, same movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've been around the block a, for a while. You think you think they'd get tired by now? Like, the aging. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they, they are tired. It's, it's been a little minute. You know, and we've not had a remake yet. It's like, yeah, they, yeah things things kind of have their windows. You on, know, um, on the subject of horror, though, there's know. been a lot of. I think I might have mentioned this on another episode. Uh, there's a lot of like black centered horror films coming out recently. So I think I talked about like Spell, yes. with Amari Hardwick, on one episode, and then so Hulu has this one mm-hmm. called Bad Hair, where this girl gets a weave and the weave like possesses her or something. <gasps> <It's just> like, <laughs> Yeah, that that one mm. looks. I don't know. Yeah, it looks a little. It is uh, Tyler ish to me. In oh. the it did, it did, and you know Tyler Perry has done Halloween. He did Medea. Stop Halloween, Halloween boo boo something. Uh-huh. Stop it. <laughs> I don't know what happens in it, but I don't, I don't actually think I ever saw it. Um, I might need to try and find that and watch it sometime this month. Wow. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I say I say this and I greatly enjoy Oh like, really? What was it? Acrimony? Someone told me it was bad. <laughs> it is bad. Um listen. It's it, well, it, it's no, it's weirder than that because yes, I have tried watching a couple of Tyler Perry movies that were just like unwatchable, um, and like oh, it's not like Beetlejuice. <laughs> I think if we it's say like his there. name one more time, we might summon him. All right, <laughs> he shall not be named. He, um, yeah, a lot of those movies are, are just like horrible. The TV yeah. shows are horrible. They, I, I think they're unwatchable. But in the same way that, like, the room, people think talk about the room as in, like, oh, it's so bad, it's good. I've never, I've never seen, I've never experienced that in my life. Have you ever had like, like a piece of like no. food that was so bad it was good? Heard a piece of music that was so bad it was no. It's like it's, it's something. Sometimes some alchemy happens where you lose sight of your usual mm. sights of good, but it's still compelling. And I feel mm. acrimony was compelling. You know, it's it's hard for me to recommend it as in like, oh, this is a good ass movie, but it was it was watchable. And, and no, even that's even that sounds like some backhanded <laughs> compliment. It was yeah, it was it was engaging. It was engaging. I was there the whole time. I was like, what the fuck? And I couldn't look away. Mm-hmm. And I would watch it again. I feel that way about like the sci fi movies with um the genetically altered um animals. They're not like there's something like they're not what you don't know what I'm talking about? Like the one like oh, in there's general multiple. or like one specific there's, film. Okay, like, so there's like Gatoroid versus Mega Python, there's Darkness, there's it's things like uh, this, right? They're really like kind of films. Okay, okay, there's okay. like always a scientist and something goes wrong. It's like building off Deep Blue Sea or like Anaconda, which those those are uh, serious, right? <laughs> but 
Oh, okay. Now the you way got me. sci-fi okay. approaches the sci-fi <laughs> channel. That's what I'm talking about. Approaches these like genetically engineered uh-huh. animals. To me, it's always kind of comedic. Like it's comedic. Like there's this one called um, Damn Sharks, yes. and it was like shark. <laughs> it was it was like sharks in a lake. <laughs> And there was a dam and the dam like exploded and now the sharks are all in this lake and there's these people out on a like an office retreat and their boss is like terrible. And even though there's like these killer sharks, the boss is still mm-hmm. a terrible person. Like someone gets eaten and he's like, Oh, I'm glad we didn't do payroll. You know, it's it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's stuff like that. And I'm just like, what what is this? Like it's uh-huh. it, my not like you like you're saying your normal sensibilities like are just kind of disappear. This this it's fascinating to watch. Yes. Like, how can you still like there? How can you still be horrible when there's sharks leaping in the air? These CGI <laughs> sharks that look like Jabberjaw, like. What is this? Um, I I highly recommend watching that film if you need a laugh. <laughs> Oh, okay. but if you know okay. if you don't like it, then I didn't recommend it. But still, I, get, I so I all that to say I get I get that sense of like there's just there's some films that the phrasing it's so bad it's good, yeah like it doesn't apply it definitely does not apply to like food or music. We don't do that. <laughs> some people do like Taco Bell though, so you know. Who, did I, <laughs> I mean, I did too. I mean, I I lived off of that. No, in I, Paris. Felt, I felt attacked. And I was, like, no, they don't have Taco Bell in Paris. At U of oh. H, like, I had like a few like coins in my car, and then I got myself a little uh-huh. bean and rice burrito for like sixty cents or something. Yeah, <laughs> filled me up with some but water. That's different. I I, Yo, I think we're talking one. like you might be talking about people who like actively are like I'm. Oh, enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, who are like, I crave Taco Bell. Like, like. No. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Like, it's just a choice. It's just one of your, it's just an option you have when you have, when you said. It's my only right. option <laughs> at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's different like that. No, nobody needs a seventy-five cent movie <laughs> or a seventy-five cent record to get them You know, it's like, ah, shit. I'm gonna need to watch something. So, I guess uh, final thoughts on on Ben Hess. Um, mm. We don't really, we haven't done like like a movie like rating system on this podcast, but I guess <laughs> we have to make one now. You're like, I guess. I mean, out of what, like five stars? Let's do 10. 10 is a better scale. I always. <laughs> is it? <laughs> There's too many options for me. Um, okay, well, maybe let's just do five. We'll do five. No, you can do 10. It's fine. <laughs> <Are> we... <laughs> All right, so out of, out of 10. Uh, being this is fantastic and one being why did I watch this um, where would you rate this film uh, 
I would give it six and a half ganjas out of heads. Okay. And and I would say I can't rate this movie right now because mm. I feel like I need to watch it two more times. Yeah. Which in its way is its own rating. You know, because I definitely and again, like thinking about when I could when I had time, when I had that sort of freedom to watch movies yeah. back to back, that would have been one of those. Um and you know, un- unlike uh Ocellus and Irene, I also recommend the sweet blood of Jesus, although not nearly as highly. Okay. But it's okay. it's a worthwhile companion piece. Irene. Oh, let's say a six, but now I think I might watch watch it again, but maybe this time with like my family or something. Yeah. <laughs> your dad, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, did you ever that. ask your dad why he didn't like the Black Panther? Ah, oh, fuck no. <laughs> We're leaving it on a cliffhanger. We still don't know. I know. I know. <laughs> He's locked up in his studio. Tune in next season. Damn, I need to ask him. You know, I haven't seen my dad in like a couple of days because he's just been in his studio <laughs> just working. But now I need to ask him. Please. Um, the, I, I, so if I had to rate it, I agree with Irene and Sebastian in that I do feel like I need to watch it again. Because I watched it once and then I read like an article about it. And they were talking about the song in the beginning when they're in the car. And that song Uh, is telling mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. about like this tribe of people where he gets the knife from and like Mm -hmm. what that means. Like it's kind of like the mythology around that knife is in that song. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. because apparently, like, they're doomed to, the people were cursed to drink blood until the Christians came or something like that, it says in the song. Um, But I definitely feel like I need to watch it again because there's so many things happening. But I would give it a seven on a first viewing just because it wasn't what I expected it to be in in a good way. and I really appreciated the way like time was handled. And of course, I think the aesthetics of it as well were really nice. I would say seven. I'm gonna go seven. and a seven and a rewatch. <laughs> I might watch this week. Hey, I'll tell again. you. I'll tell you this one thing though. We didn't get into it, and it's too late to get into it now. But I just want to mention: there's at least one bit where I feel that Lee's Ooh. version trumps Bill Gunn's version, and that's where I know, right? That's where Gunja is telling that story about her childhood. It's oh. drastically different in the Spike Lee version, and I like his version mm-hmm. of her past better mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that it the the version uh in gunja and hess is sort of like really it's yeah. cold as shit and it's like powerful but the version the lee version there's something there that is that leads to unex the unexpected mm-hmm. horror of the everyday that was like more resonant 
not as upfront powerful, but it, I'm still mm -hmm. I'm still having chills about it now. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to watch it too. I have to find it. It was on Hulu, but now it's not on Hulu anymore. So, oh really? At least I couldn't find it unless maybe I. Yeah. The Sweet Blood Jesus. On Prime. Okay. I'll I watched watch it on Prime. Prime. All right. Well, that kind of wraps up our show. This has been using our season finale of the show. Uh, we want to thank Irene right. and Sebastian for joining us for this episode. It was great to have you both here. It's great to hear y'all and talk to y'all. Yes, I know. I just talk to people in on Instagram, like typing stuff. So, you know, it's nice to hear <laughs> your actual voice. Even though I'm reading your message in my mind as your voice, but still. <laughs> um, we want to thank, of course, um, our Marcellus. Do you want to thank our our lovely uh, Playdate for the out? <laughs> yes. Our, uh, our wonderful... Uh, fellow sci-fi uh, lovers uh, from the musical group Playdate. Um, they uh, grace us with our outro. Why don't we talk about it? Um, and you can pick up the music on iTunes and uh, Spotify streaming Ooh. as well. They put out new music recently. Mm. Um, <laughs> which I did. I did the cover art for. Ah ha ha. Um... <laughs> Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Where I See Me for all our news-related stuff. Uh, you know, polls, all the conversations we have in and outside the podcast. Yeah, um, I have been uh, Marcellus. Stay and nerdy. That's the cut. <laughs> <laughs>